Snoop Dogg was once uh, wanted for murder. Facts. I don't know if you know that, but you were just talking about how this guy has become ubiquitous. Yeah, right? he's culturally pervasive, you know? He's He's been around a minute. It's really interesting because when I was young, like, there was Snoop Dogg. Like, my version of Snoop Dogg was as a straight-up, like, West Coast gangster. Like, that was not only the image cultivated, right. but, like, uh, seemingly when you get called in for a fucking murder at the MTV Movie Awards, that was the drama. They took oh him in God. at the movie awards, man. Or like so, the so yeah, I, I didn't know this story. I just knew it was the guy that said hizzle, shizzle, my nizzle, you know, shit like that. Had so a, you know, a yeah. televisual show on MTV. Right. He really leaned into that. Well, you know, if you haven't flaunted, I think he created a language. I mean, if he didn't create it, he perfected created it. Created a language. <laughs> like, I'm over tosser. here just downplaying this man's contributions. He, he crafted his own dialogue. He's Doing fucking great. Chaucer or Dante Alighieri, all right? Like, and I'm uh, over here like, oh, yeah, he really leaned into it. I'm like, God, you know, Max, go to hell. That's me talking to myself. Guy. Who do uh, I think I am? It is an interesting thing, though. I'll give you this, because, like, from the, like, gangster rap origins, whether that was cultivated or, or whether, like, there was some truth to it, right? Because, uh, mm-hmm. like, he was all part of West Coast rap. He was fucking around with Tupac and, and Suge Knight, Death Row Records kind of stuff. And right. obviously because Tupac was killed and because Suge Knight is, I think, in jail for 50 years right now or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of, like, smoke there. So it's easy to be like, oh, shit, he was involved in that dust up. But despite that, despite the kind of concerted effort also of politicians in the 90s to go after, like, uh, you know, parental advisory, like, rap music's bad and shit like that. Dude kind of had an amazing second and third act, and he's like in a fifth act at this point. He like Dude, Snoop Lion was that what his fourth act? Oh yeah, that was like a, a brief <laughs> departure, a zestful lark into the flight of fancy that Snoop had always wanted to do, and he was afforded right. to do so because he was showing up in fucking Martha Stewart commercials and shows yeah. and shit. Like, dude, dude, the dude showed up on the fucking L word. He was every. He was on Weeds as well, right? Wasn't he like oh, on that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I mean, any, anything weed adjacent or lesbian adjacent. He well, was what is that, though? Because it's like he came out Calvin Brodus, right? No one cares about Calvin Brodus, but the mm. persona of Snoop Dogg, that he was like the dog Wait, father. You know what I mean? He wasn't like, born Snoop Dogg. That's not his actual yeah, name. Sadly, his parents really missed an opportunity. Mm. <laughs> they it's named a real, real Cassius Clay situation over here. Huh? Yeah, but no one holds that against him. You know, that's no. the best part of it. So if we're going to allow for that <laughs> transition, we got to well, also allow for the Snoop transition. I'm, I'm almost at this like weird point where it's like it was so shocking for me to find out that prince's actual name is prince same right. with like Ru- rupaul's actual name is rupaul it's like oh okay i just assume everybody's name is their name now so when i find out snoop dogg's name isn't actually snoop dogg it's like oh fuck yeah i mean it's shocking i understand you know it's a readjustment <laughs> life as you know it will change but uh there's support groups uh yeah but so i look at him and i'm like it, it's it's an amazing thing that because think about everyone else in hip-hop right like people know dr dre but dr dre is not fucking around in corona commercials and shit like that he's not like someone they bring like when something happens to the lakers in the sports world the first person they call is snoop because of his fandom of the lakers like you know what i'm saying like in the way nicholson was uh, very visibly like the face of of a a los angeles laker fandom i feel like it's kind of transferred to snoop I don't. I don't want to get off of Snoop Dogg too too much here, but uh, Nicholson is about to do a tell-all interview about why he disappeared from the limelight very oh, soon. 
So Wait, did you just read this? Like as yeah. I brought him up, or did well, you? Well, no, not okay. just just read it, but I read it like a couple of days ago. I forgot to even talk to you about it. But yeah, Nicholson is going to explain his whereabouts, where he's been, what he's been up to. Let's speculate wildly. I think he was in <laughs> Wuhan. And he's responsible for all of this, and now he's like, it's time to come clean, guys. Well, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, what's well, your best guess? Did Did you see? Speaking of that, not to go on another tangent here, but did you see the South Park pandemic special? I did, and I heard it's brilliant. Those dudes are fucking great. I, yeah, no, it, it it is great. Um, and not to spoil too much here, but uh, we find out that Randy is directly responsible for coronavirus because he he fucked a a pangolin when oh. he was fucked up with Mickey Mouse. Oh God, yeah, yeah. The Chinese man, <laughs> you know, like that culture just brings out the worst in Randy, and it's not their fault, I guess. You know, I guess it's his. Well, it it turns into a wacky plot where Randy has to kidnap the pangolin because they're so close to synthesizing a cure based on some foreign DNA inside the pangolin. So he has to sneak into the the facility and steal it so nobody can, you know, Mm. him that caused coronavirus. Does Snoop show up? Is is that why we're connecting that dot? No, I I wasn't able to connect that dot, um, (laughs) but I did just want to bring it up. It's good. Check it out. I spoiled the whole thing. Yeah, no, all right. Well, I mean, it sounded great. I don't know what I'm going to do there. I, 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 well, here's something. Would you rather that they, uh, you know, maybe not do seasonal arcs as much? They just wait for these big events? You do, like, four-hour-long South Park specials a year or something? I don't know, man. Like, I, I kind of miss, like, those those little standalone episodes of South Park where it was just, like, fr- free hat McCormick or, you know, uh, just uh, – just them trying to go get a video game or whatever. Like, I don't need them to be topical. All I think it's really time. interesting when, when we do um, animation, like, so Archer, right? Archer is still going on. And now Archer, after three seasons of doing these weird departure seasons where they were, like, mm-hmm. within the mind of a comatose, uh, coma-riddled Archer. Uh, and now it's back to Spy. So it's really interesting because the first one was, like, a straight-up Sunset Boulevard noir kind of thing. The second one was like an adventure jungle kind of thing. Uh, and the last one was like an alien 2099 sort of thing. Uh, and it like, you know, it took all the tropes and all those situations. But my, my point that I'm kind of saying is like, it's interesting to start off as something, go through a metamorphosis and then be better for it. And then kind of return to where you are. Cause I think like South Park at this point, they did so much continuity in the, la- in the latter seasons that I love. I think that it reinvigorated the show. And then at the same time, they've hit this point with it that you're like, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe break away from it a little bit. Maybe go back to more like singular fucking free reign episodes instead of trying to make it. Does that make sense? Where it's like, it's an interesting thing to like transition to come back. It's like the, their own hero's journey. They come back a master of two worlds. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely down to, you know, like for pretty much anything those guys want to do. Like they, they've proven that they could do a serialized narrative and I'd be really down to just see them do very tight, scripted, standalone episodes. Um, you know, maybe a little bit less topical, to be honest, because it's, uh, it's getting to be a bit much. I just like when they're goofy sometimes, you know, and it also dates their shit a little bit. Sorry, I just saw this. It just popped up. I just, we got to talk Ooh. about it. Really quickly, since you brought to a halt some other thing, I want to talk about what? this really quickly. Jesus. <laughs> you brought up South Park, and we were in the middle of a Snoop Dogg bit. That's fine. Listen, uh, uh, Mank, the trailer for Fincher's new movie is coming out. Yeah. And it's all about, like, the, the, the homie is who wrote. It, is, it, is it out right now? No, well, the trailer just came out, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Do you want to stop the podcast? So I think we should. It? I want to talk about it, yeah. Okay. 
All right, so we watched that Mank trailer. It's not really a trailer. It was a teaser. That's an actual teaser. I hate when they say teaser and then it's not really teasing. They still. And then it's just it. like a two full two and a half minute trailer somehow. Well, I think like, teasers should be scenes. Why don't we just do that? Like a teaser is like, hey, in context, here's a fucking scene, and it should scare the shit out of you. Right. Like, trailer is a trailer. So, so this is like a weird, uh, you know, example of a, a good teaser. But the movie Sex Drive, I remember they released just the scene where uh fucking what's his name god damn it who plays oh, his brother oh no no oh, oh, oh god what's his name <laughs> fucking marston james james marston um he comes home he finds garage? out his car isn't there and he just destroys the garage door and then just sex drive pops up and i went i gotta see this fucking thing i don't know what this is right but i gotta know dude exactly it. build it did its job like maybe yeah. like what the fuck was that sex drive like the guy's <laughs> angry cyclops is pissed yeah, why is Cyclops just fucking up that garage? And uh, then I found out. So Mank decidedly tries to split the difference by being a trailer that's a minute long that does nothing. Uh, right. Look, Fincher hasn't made a movie since Gone Girl, and he did the Mindhunters stuff in between, and it's, it's and like Gone. Gugan. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really glad that he's he's back from the Gugan days, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's one of those dudes where it's like now he's getting a little bit older, where it's like I don't know. Don't take six years. You're not Kubrick. Like, you kind of are. I'm not trying to be a shithead. I'm just saying the world needs your art on a semi-more regular basis than every six years. Dang, you're really holding his feet to the fire, huh? Would you, uh, you do the same to other directors? Well, yeah, because look at Soderbergh. Soderbergh's, like, retired and still making shit and, like, doing TV shows. Soderbergh is, like, a, a freak. He's, like, the X-Men of directors. He just does things. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I'm retired, and I made 15 things in the interim. Like, he doesn't make sense. He My doesn't guy, make sense to I himself. Like well, that's what I'm saying. When you have like, a, so so Fincher, like, cause he didn't wasn't he pretty consistent for a minute? Like, what, what was seven? Seven's ninety five. Then he does the game, right? That's ninety seven, ninety six. Then he does Fight Club ninety nine, or is that two thousand? That's ninety nine, bro. Ninety nine. Okay, so there you go. Fucking three back to backs. Really, really solid movies. The game criminally underrated. Um, and then and then what comes room. next? Panic Room two thousand two. Then he does Ben Button. I know is two thousand eight, but I feel like there's something in between. There's Zodiac two thousand. Seven, seven, yeah. That's so he knocks those out back to back. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. Like he was doing pretty quickly. Then he did the girl with the dragon tattoo, and then he did mm -hmm. fucking some Gone Girl in 2014. But now he's taking his time out, and I know he's been doing the Netflix show. But it's like, do you think it was, he was going to do the uh, World War Z sequel? What the fuck? What happened there? I don't know. I he's had like a lot of product projects that just kind of fall apart. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm glad we're getting what we're getting. It looks like a, a spooky Hollywood style fun time. You know, it really looks like it's shot in the style of those old Orson Welles uh, fucking uh, epics. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see how this works out. Here's the thing. Like, so the whole story kind of revolves around the writer or the co-writer of that uh, of, of Citizen Kane. And so it's like Orson Welles, if he actually shared credit, because that's the big thing. There were some disputes about who wrote what, uh, mm -hmm. especially. And after it won the Academy Award, it became all the more important uh, who wrote what. And it's like, is anyone going to take that away from Orson Welles? Like, yo, that movie's still fire. You can say someone else wrote that or the majority of it, and it's still like an achievement. The fuck kind of egotistic shit is that? What, on Orson Welles' part? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what, the, he needs to have written the film, too? Yeah, when I was younger, you and I used to get into this debate all the time about like, well, I like directors, but I like writer directors more. I think it takes more talent. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk that back. Like, if yeah. anything, it makes it easier to direct because you know exactly what you wrote. Much harder to take someone else's words and then put a vision to it. And whether it's 
their vision or not. That's not what you're striving for. It's to bring your own vision to that shit. Like, really, really hard. And my point is that just not going to take any of the credibility away from Orson Welles if he's like, oh, yeah, well, I wrote some of it, but, like, directed that fucking masterpiece. You see that? Deep focus. Film, film teachers everywhere are going to fucking pause every five minutes. To- what, do you think Welles was saying all this out loud just constantly on set? <laughs> just a lot, like- yeah. He's just fucking <laughs> just film it. teachers everywhere are going to take this. They're going to teach it. They're going to pause my movie every five he's seconds like, somehow. He's like 26 years old at the time, right? Like, he's got no skin in the game. He's got no right. bones. He did the fucking I did a radio show once. (laughs) And there's people over there, like, who were there before the talkies who are just resenting the fuck out of this guy. Like, I don't know who he thinks he is. We got to get him. I don't know who this guy thinks he is. Some kind of big time. Some kind of big jabroni. (laughs) But you couldn't hear that. Instead, like, a little screen popped up, and it popped up in bold text and a little rack text. And it's funny, but we... We'd like to imagine that everybody talked like that back then, but nobody talked like that back then. That was like a learned like dialect. That was like a learned. Uh, it was accent. an affected dialect for yeah, sure. Yeah, that that transatlantic, you know, hybrid of American and British. It is so really interesting weird. though, because like if you go back and I like you know I love really love Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach was in uh, Tuco and the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and was in a bunch of movies. <laughs> He's great, but uh, for some reason I was just like looking up interviews with him and and you know mm. algorithmically they're like eli wallach was on what's my line 1953 and then like oh shit so i watched it and like people just spoke so much more eloquently and articulate i'm including myself like right. just the, the the demeanor in which they delivered the the words were so much prettier and so much classier than what we do today so it's like i know that it, the transatlantic accent is an affected thing, but I think it was just slightly exaggerated from like snotty little coastal elites anyway. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I mean, like th- this was something that was specifically taught to the, uh, you know, like to the, to the stars, you know, um, it's something that, you know, they had to present to the world. So that when they were on, where's, what's my line or where's my line? Who's my line? What was what's the name of the show? <laughs> what's my line? Uh, you know, people could What's great about what that the line it's got, was. It's got built-in sequel potential, okay? Who's the line? Why How's the line? the line? How's the yeah. line? How's the line? How's the line doing? <laughs> uh, it's line? pretty good. It would be a short show, but you know what? I'd watch it. Uh, we should really rename this fucking podcast to I'd Watch It. Well, on a special episode of How's the Line, it's like, how's the line? And he's like... Line's not good. You're like, whoa! Yeah, the fucking it's not doing too well. Out. You yeah. can hear the pin drop in the fucking studio audience. Like, <gasps> that could be like the season finale. You know, end on a cliffhanger. Then we cancel it. <laughs> Give me a resolution. <laughs> Three old Twin that Peaks season gonna two. Line's going to die. <laughs> a last ditch effort <laughs> to save that show. <laughs> it's like maybe you should have written actual episodes <laughs> to begin with. That would have helped. It's a gamble that has never worked in human history, and it's not going to work for a fucking line, I'll tell you that right now. Dude, but no, I was going to say, I actually just learned this, because I watched that, um, I think I sent you that, that asso-pale thing. <laughs> um, but I, I, I've, and this is something I knew, is that like all newscasters talk with the same accent. They're all taught to like talk in like a, uh, a Midwestern accent, because it's like both like easy to understand and, and friendly and yeah. folksy. Yeah, which I think is interesting. That is interesting because I was like, I was, I was, uh, like, I'm playing a fucking new NBA 2K game because you know I play every year with my friends. But on, on this one version of it, they have the worst broadcasters in the world, 
And I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, I could do better than this. But, what I'm, but, but like, then you think about the people who are actually on TV and they all have great baritone voices and what a call. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, shit, no. Like, there is this very specific <laughs> register that you have to operate in in order yeah. to be a sports bro. It's not about being able to say the words right. It's oh, like, yeah, it has nothing to do with the words. Like, you listen to what they're saying and it could be like, and it, most of the time it is, it's just like non observations. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, the thing about Jim Mackey, he just passes the ball and he passes it good. You know what I'm saying? He just passes it on down the field. And what you got to pay attention to is the ball. It's going to go from here to there. And it's like, yeah, well, that was helpful, I guess. Thanks well, for that. You're forgetting that they like then get to draw like they're fucking in preschool. <laughs> like, and, you know, scribbles and scribbles. And you're just like, wow. All right, let him tire himself out. He'll right. Like, do you have point. like full functioning motor function? Uh, because you cannot seem to draw a circle to save your life. <laughs> Geometry was not as strong suit. That's why he became a broadcaster. He was born with the voice of an angel. You know, I, I did almost fail kindergarten because I couldn't cut in a straight line and I couldn't skip. I think I've talked about this before, okay, but it still haunts me to this day. No, I don't think you have. You've told me, but I don't think you've mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> I've told you in confidence, but I haven't. <laughs> I broke it. I told the whole town. <laughs> I think I should get ahead of this now. No, no, no. What I mean is like, what the fuck? That's the curriculum. That's like, oh, so, so fucking, you know, first through 12th, uh, you're graded on a grade scale, but kindergarten, it's like, I don't know. Can he spell his name and can he cut in a straight line? No. All right. Well, fucking fail him. Like, is that really the curriculum for, for progressing through the eight, the, the kindergarten? I mean, apparently I think it's a, it's a, it's a fucking low bar to clear because like, what, what are we expecting them to do? Like trigonometry? Uh, you know, they're, they're, they got baby brains. Oh, you're nodding your head. Yes, that's what you want. We start them early, right? Mm. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm just talking about in theory, which is like the problem with kids is the attention span, right? They're not fully formed to be able to pay attention and absorb everything. I but, think the problem with kids is that they exist. Well, yeah, that's second. That's the, that's the most pressing problem, but we can't fix that one. You know, So we have to try to fix kids so we can coexist among them. Uh, I'm just saying, like, why don't we have super babies? Super babies, you just throw those fuckers in a little room. I mean, look, I understand why it's against human well, rights. Okay, uh, like you mean like baby geniuses, like very smart babies, or you mean super powered babies? No, I don't. Or, well, or I babies mean, that are babies like to the third power, like they're just such a baby that it's like they they like they warp reality babies. around them, yeah. like. Yeah baby reality becomes a thing no i think a plan b is superhero babies i mean that's a solid plan b what i'm talking about is purely superheroes of the of the mind you know uh, okay. being able so very and, smart babies yeah well i think and i'm not even talking about some genetic the shit we do in a lab i just mean well kind okay. of i mean the problem is you so, gotta kidnap some kids <laughs> like that's the problem that's that's the first problem of the whole plan <laughs> you gotta be okay with kidnapping okay. So, so you're taking a pre-existing child and then you're altering it you're not altering it in the womb this isn't what we would call uh eugenics oh yeah no 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 no, no purely no, no, no. just the idea that like when the first six years of your life you're a fucking sponge right like you, can you absorb take a regular more. baby and you yeah. make that sponge bigger yeah we we tie a baby to a radiator black snake moan style and we just throw information at it forever and we try to teach that thing by the time it's in five years old it's in kindergarten in theory it should know multiple fucking languages it should be able to do at least algebra well if if you know centuries of child psychology has taught us anything it's that that definitely works and that the only thing standing in our way is the goddamn liberal elite 
I think that you're joking and being accurate at the same time. <laughs> and I appreciate that, but it leaves me in an awkward position of not being able to respond. <sighs> All right. I'm just saying, maybe we should. You, you dug your, you dug that, that grave. I'm in which just you saying, currently sit, if we weren't friend. so liberal about, you know, children, then we enslaved a couple of them and then made them smart. And then we released mm. them when they're 20. And sure, socially, they're broken. But they're right. doing like fucking trig in real time. They're like they're planting <clears throat> scenarios to kill people with consequences. You know what I'm talking about? Like, wait, planting to kill people with consequences, like people of consequence, where if yeah. they died, it would have effects. Well, what I'm saying is that they don't need to push you in front of a train. You know, they can drop a fucking penny in front of you, and then it sets off a chain reaction of events that they have predicted because of so their the baby brains, and then it ends up with someone walking in front of a bus. I love that your your description of baby genius is having some sort of preternatural understanding of happenstance to where they can place a penny in front of somebody and make them die through a, a wacky this? Rube Goldberg chain of events. No, why would you no. say that? It's math and they're babies. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, socially, sure, they wouldn't be maybe on the up and up. They're not people that we would want to, you know, have a cocktail with. But they would be little cyborg killer babies. Is that so bad? I feel like there's no way that that's good. Well, here's, like, here's the thing: they have freakish baby strength, but like you could, like Wait, I think that evens strength? the playing field. But that evens the playing field because what if like assassinations were illegal? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you could hire someone to kill someone. The caveat to it is that it has to be a baby assassin who does not have coordination or much, you know, upper body strength. You can't arrest a baby. The cuffs wouldn't fit. No, well, that's the thing. It's a jobs program on the slide. This is some Eisenhower shit. We, we, we get manufacturing jobs back by getting baby manacles. Like, do, do you think that, like, there would be, like, a, like, like, let's imagine a universe where this is happening, you know, okay. like, like a detective is on the case or something. He's like, at each of these crime scenes, we found a baby, a baby diaper, or baby-related paraphernalia. Are you telling me that that's a coincidence? You're like, it can't be a baby. That doesn't make no sense. You know, he's like investigating it. He's on a fucking a baby hunt and he doesn't know it. Well, I think at first the, the likely suspect is, you know, and I assume this is like a sexist world. So they're just thinking it's a woman who has a baby and is sure. just taking her babies to all the crimes, you know, exposing him. To, to, to feminine fucking vile and a life of debauchery. Uh, so yeah, so at first it's a sexist story, but then he comes to the shocking truth mm. that the baby is the culprit. And the baby is the culprit the whole time. Yeah. Do you think it would be like a Soylent Green type ending though, where like they're dragging him away because he sounds insane, like he doesn't or like seven at the you, end. You well, know? yeah, he's got he's got the fucking it gun. Was on. a baby. Well, he's got the gun on the baby, and then his like partner and the chief and every mean the mom and like, the mom who didn't <laughs> exist. She shows up at the third act. Right, and yeah, then the baby's just crying, but then it turns slowly to the guy as he's getting dragged away in cuffs. Smiles. Smiles. Winks. Yeah, dude. Seriously, like, look, <laughs> if we're gonna commit to it, let's commit to it. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied because it's the bad news bears of baby movies. <laughs> like the fuck. Well, I guess not because the baby wins. But right, not really at all like that. The audience conduit doesn't win. No, nobody wins, honestly. The, the audience baby, itself the baby. doesn't win. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, literally just the baby in the story. The audience doesn't win. It's a no-win scenario. <laughs> Let's be real. 
man, where does that leave us? You know, fucking supernatural babies. Like I, I just see th- this is like one of those examples of like how your brain works where I'm like, yeah, like when you say, oh, if I had a lot of money, I'd turn into a supervillain. Like I get it now, you know, because like at first I was like, I don't, I don't really see it. But like, I get it. You have these ideas and I, and I get worried, you know, they're, they're just a step removed from attaching laser beams to shark heads, you know? Well, that's just impractical, you know, lasers and waters. Just but the I, fact that you've worked out the practicality of sharks with I laser ran the beams. numbers. Look, I've, I've, I've thumbed through the statistics myself. It is unfeasible. It's untenable. Well, this, uh, I, I, I worry about you, man. You know, I worry I'm about glad. I'm glad. the, the, been, the man been, that you could become. Dude, I've, I've been fucking signaling that bad signal for forever. And now everyone's like, oh, he's just playing. I'm like, no, I'm terrified. Don't let me make money because I will become a fucking crazy person. And I'll think I'm doing it for the right reasons. That's the thing. Like all classic good villains, mm. I will think I'm doing it for the betterment. I'm just like, yeah, I understand ethics, but super babies. Um, right. Have you thought about it? And then, you know, like I'm the only person. Someone has to do it. Someone has to be the Edison or the Tesla. Do you think that you've like subconsciously passed up on opportunities in life just because you know that if you were to work your way up the ranks, get that money, like yeah. it would be bad? Yeah, Do you think I, like I, on some level you self-sabotage just because you're keeping yourself in check? You're keeping the country and America and the world safe. Yeah, it's a glass ceiling. It's me being the hero you guys deserve every single day by not like achieving my ultimate form. Uh, even though I could, but it's because I just, if I did, it would leave the chain of events. It would be that kid ki- killing people with consequences, you know? I just want to say, like, I'm really proud of you. You know, you recognize your inherent evil and you put a, t- a stop to it. You are your own, you are your own hero and villain at I'm the same Puerto time. Rican, I'm a Puerto Rican Dexter, baby. You know, like that's what I got <laughs> going for me. <laughs> the duality of Christian right there. Oh, I love it. Aww. <laughs> I feel like the duality has duality. It's a quadrality, quadrilogy. I don't know. I don't know how you start doing that. Yeah, fucking. It's yeah, a weird, I don't know. It's a weird word. Did work. that even really exist? Like trilogy, that made sense. I feel like that's like trilogy. But then when we got mm. to like the quadrology, quadrilogy. Yeah. There, there's something. We, we, we got to get a Snoop Dogg in here and vent us a word, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> the, the father of modern English, Snoop Doggy Dog um yeah i don't know i i I, i'm worried about it i mean because like here's the thing i I watched a lot of james bond i watched a lot of james bond as a kid just so sincerely yeah i don't know i'm worried about it uh i just you watch a lot of james bond when you're a kid and all the plans were like ridiculous you know like i got an invisible car and i'm gonna i'm gonna heat up the ice caps i mean like it it just seemed really hard and far-fetched you know right other uh, like like where whereas like the simple solutions are are there you know like release a virus uh, yeah you know hack for better or for worse the computers that's why the Mission Impossible three the Philly Seymour Hoffman one was good to me yeah because they didn't elaborate necessarily what the threat was but you knew it was some biochemical shit and you're like well that's not good you yeah, know because so it had like, that bio sticker on it. What if it was nothing? There was nothing in there. Like, it's a MacGuffin. That's a classic J.J. Abrams MacGuffin. Like, they open it up, and it's nothing. It's like a confetti. Like, fucking right. snakes pop out of a Pringles can or some shit. Yeah, you know what the sh- shot in the arm this story needs? An object that everybody has to ch- try and get. That's what he says every fucking time he's in a movie. Right. I'm over it, J.J. America's over it. Fucking Spielberg wannabe. Oh. Remember when Spielberg kind of, like, touched him as, like, yeah. 
You are. You are the Spielberg prodigy. You're, you're the next successor. Yeah, well, you it's, are. You know, it's weird to me is like how many people have had that. When Signs came out in 2002, I remember this so vividly. Time Magazine had M. Night Shyamalan on the fucking cover of it and was like, mm-hmm. the next Spielberg. And if we're, when the paint was drying this bitch, okay, Sixth Sense was a monster hit. I really liked Unbreakable. It was successful, but not as successful. Yeah. And then Signs came out, which was critically lauded at the time and made a bunch of money. Yeah, so we, the, we idea, liked it. The, the idea that this fucker was the next Spielberg was not far-fetched when he was now playing in Spielberg's like wheelhouse, you know, like fucking right. UFOs and shit like that that quickly like no one should have told him that because that was ultimately what happened like he'd, he'd stop being an interesting filmmaker even though i like some of his later stuff um, yeah and we we've talked about this before but it's just it is like such an unfair burden of expectations to put on any artist to compare them to the most commercially viable director of all time i mean well i guess that might be the russo brothers at this point or the wachowski yeah, but, but, but really you know into I mean. it. he was like I super know. eight me you know like i'm yeah. you and I'm going to do a whole movie where we do the, the, the Spielberg awe shot. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Uh, so I, I feel like he brings it upon himself. Also, because we're watching Fringe, Dolores is informing me that like so many of the plot points in Fringe happened in Alias. They're just done better in Fringe. <laughs> Which makes me mad because I'm just like, JJ, you're a fucking hack. Like you write the same show over and over again. And maybe that's not true. Maybe just by the virtue of the type of show that he writes, they're mystery right. box shows. So it becomes like, well, you're going to stumble on a couple similar fucking bike paths when you do that. But right. it's annoying as fuck, man. Well, it is sort of that thing where it's like exploring an, uh, the same idea in maybe a different way or improving upon it. You know, like it is an opportunity to do that. I can't really begrudge anybody for that. Joss Whedon did that shit with his shows. Um, but I didn't care too much. You know, like when you have a uh, 25 episode season orders to fill. Right. You gotta fill you're going to take a couple shortcuts. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna get a couple cheat sheets out there and see what like, uh, I don't know. They have to travel through time or there's a paradox. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he has to fight a monster who's also him. Well, that's the thing about those shows. Like procedurals are very interesting to me because in theory, anyone can write a procedural. Like anyone, right. like we could right now if we wanted to write a procedural, we could. And like yeah. if we wanted to write an order, of, uh, an episode of Law and Order, it would start with some undis- in, indistinct shit. It's like, okay, me and you were we're janitors, <laughs> we're in a we're in a we're in a bill, we're in a we're in a school, okay, and we're mm-hmm. opening up the door and like we're just talking about the fucking Yankees game or some shit. And yeah, then classic you, us. You go you go to the back and then what do you see? You see like I don't know, like a fucking meth lab or some shit. I don't know what you see, but the point is. We find some dead body in the meth lab. We find some cocaine sprinkled around. Okay. Sure. And then we see just this like classic crime scene. Cash, 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 money, money, money. And then it's just like, what the fuck? And then bum, 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 wow. Right. And then what we know the beats are going to be is going to be like, uh, the cop shows up at the scene and then they go to interview three people who aren't the people, but the second person looks guilty. And then, and then the, and then the third person sends that person to go interview some other person who is consequential, who ends up incriminating the second person they spoke to. And then they go, it's the, you know what I'm saying? Like it should right. be. And the, the, are- the, the formula is right there. Right. And I'm talking about like, even for Joss or like JJ, which is just like, I get it. It's like, all right, it's Buffy the vampire slayer odds are we're going to slay some vampires and if not vampire adjacent mythology like you know that's going to be the crux of it so you figure like all right the opening scene let's give them a little buffy personal life 
okay, let's get a little Buffy school life. Okay, let's get uh, a cult mm, shit. And usually the cult opens, some... I assume, are, are, are the demons, right, or whatever? Uh, so, so sometimes. Sometimes it's not related. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like deeper mythology stuff. They, they did kind of that X-Files structure where it was a mixture of standalone Monster of the Week and then mythology, and sometimes they mixed and matched a little bit too. Right. Um, okay, but either way, like that's still like a, a formula thing. I don't know because yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like it seems like anyone can write that. I would also then say, all right, go give me sixty pages. Like, go write me a Law and Order if it's so easy. Right. It, but, it, it, yeah. But incidentally, and just to to, and I know you're not coming after Buffy, but just to like speak to its credit or whatever, yeah. it, I think it was the first television show that um, was academically like studied. Like there were classes taught on it really yeah or uh, yeah they, there's like a whole wikipedia entry called buffy studies i would have thought it would be something like hill street blues or mash you know what i mean like especially when mash got fucking yeah metal well it might, it might have just because like it coincided with like the you know proliferation of like vhs oh, tapes internet. and shit you know yeah. it, it might just be that it was available and they're like yeah we'll put this shit on i don't know what else i'm gonna teach today Buffy? Was that your saying? Wait, hold on. Uh, she fights an invisible girl because people feel invisible in high school. Get it? I would like put it on for science class and shit like that. Like I don't. I'm trying to. That's amazing because they would put shit on. We talked about like Remember the Titans because that was like the friendliest little movie about racism that you could put up there. And, and the quarterback's right. like, "Can't you see we're brothers?" Oh, it's yeah, so were great. we talking about this off mic or on? About I Remember think it was off mic, but either okay. way, yeah, yeah, just, just that. Like, this is like a shared universal experience, at least in Florida, where like every like elementary, middle, and high school classroom had a reserved copy of Remember the Titans. I swear to fucking God. And they would just throw that shit on and like, you know, an off period or a day where they didn't have anything going on or the end of the year, just throw on Remember the Titans. Ain't no mountain high enough. But 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 they defeat racism. They do defeat racism. They solve it in that film. Isn't like you know what's really interesting is that is a movie that got made in a time where we sort of felt better about all that shit. So you could make that movie. That movie yeah. doesn't get greenlit today. Do we really? Oh, hell like, no. no one wants to see a fucking movie that is just so false. Like fifty right. years ago, there was racism, but look at where where we are today. It's like it's smash way cut. worse. <laughs> Things are getting well, bad. Yeah, I, I mean, here here's a question. Not to veer off in serious territory, um, you know, we've been talking about baby geniuses and your yeah. plans or whatever. Um, but, but do you think that racism is worse or do you think that it's roughly the same as it was back in Remember the Titan times? Like, I, I, is it just more out there? Like, obviously, those feelings existed. They've been stoked. They've been, you know, allowed to come to light. You know, right. they've been exposed to sunlight. But are, are they actually worse? Because I was listening to some Nixon tapes, and uh, yeah. I mean, racism has always been a thing, obviously. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Big question, maybe. I I think I think feelings have remained largely unchanged. I think obviously we look at like legislation and things that have happened, uh, and but 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 the problem is the larger racism isn't the intentional racism. Mm. Yeah, I think the larger racism is like a bunch of like cool white people who think they're noble and at their hearts are doing the right thing, but also coexist in a society which is still shitty and discriminatory. Like when you can't get loans or you can only get loans in certain parts of town if you're black, you know, like they're that's some right. real problematic shit. And so I think that, you know, it seems more outward right now because I think like 
there's a perception of of them gaining equality, which means that you're losing something somehow if you're a white person who is against Black Lives Matter. Uh, right. So I don't know. I, I think like the sentiment's largely the same. I think the racism of like the intentional racism is pretty much the same, and now they just feel emboldened. Uh, but the underlying racism is unchanged for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all I need for now. That, that's all the research that I No, I no, I let's collect. talk about this. No, hold on, because <laughs> sure. you did hit me up at like 1.30 in the morning, your time, or 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're mm-hmm. like, Christian, why did the Holocaust happen? And I'm just like, this is a bit, this is like, there's going to be a really horrific punchline here. Uh, oh, and then you're I, like, yeah, well, I tell just, me. I, I woke up from a dream, and I dreamt about the Holocaust, and I couldn't remember why it happened, so I turned to my best friend, and I said, why did the Holocaust happen? And you gave me nothing but grief. You did answer the question. You did get give me the first part of the answer, and I was super excited. But then you gave me nothing else because I wanted to troll you because I was like, he's gonna make me answer this and then give me a horrific punchline. And so I just factually told you, like in the most dumb, overwrought way, (laughs) all Mm -hmm. the consequences of World War One. I thought I thought it was beautifully written, to be honest. Like it was, you really set the stage, and then you left me hanging. Yeah, because I my bit was complete. Like you asked me for a reason. You wanted a joke, and I I swerved, and I gave you a sobering response. That's exactly what I want. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that's exactly. Okay, but what, what I are you wanted. collecting? Much like the fucking racism. I'm question. collecting <laughs> information on why the Holocaust happened. <laughs> and Black Lives Matter. You just said that's all I need. You said that twice. That's the verbatim. Like what? What are you doing? What are you collecting on me? I I'm not collecting anything on you. You're I just like, want it. I'm just, you know, for president. I, you're going to be like, these are Christians' views, not <laughs> Jewish people. On Black Lives Matter. I am not going to be a fucking honeypotted here. Okay. It's hey, not um, what what in your thinking is the uh, correct thing to do about the state of Israel? Two state, bro. Two state, right? That's Whoa, the right answer. Two state solution. That's the right <laughs> you're answer. asking me. I don't know. Uh, uh, we can't run on this platform. <laughs> You know, you just hope that the two sides come together and one side stops being an evil, murdering regime. Mm. Which side? That's up for you to decide. But uh, one of them or both of them, whatever's the best answer. (laughs) Who's our politician that we created? It was fucking wishy-washy as fuck, but he was so right. He's somehow simultaneously like... (laughs) That's the answer I just everything. Like, Palestine yeah. mad at me, but also like, okay. And Israel's like, what the fuck? But all right, they're both bad. Uh, it works for our president, so I could say that. Did he have a Southern accent or was it like a, uh, a Kennedy accent? I think he was remember. Southern in our, in our, if we had our druthers, we would cast like a McConaughey or like right. Mark Rylance <laughs> doing Southern accent. Mark Rylance. <laughs> That's a face that America can get behind. <laughs> Old, white, Southern. It's great. He's killing it. <laughs> Oh, Mark. I mean, dude, you want you want to? I wrote a song on the shower the other day about long hair Hitler. Uh, go on. It was like long hair Hitler. Like, uh, I just want to say something. I love this long pause. <laughs> like, what are you expecting me to say other than go on? Just go. Believe in yourself. I just didn't know if you had any questions about it. Like you wanted to like ask. I'm reserving my questions until the end of the performance, like a respectful audience member. It was me imagining a world where long hair Hitler uh, was a freer spirit, and therefore people liked him more. And so it was like long hair. So he's is he? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I have universe questions before I sing. That's fine. (laughs) Is he like still the same Hitler, just with long hair? So he's perceived differently, or is he like a? 
it's a prequel to the Hitler that we know. It's it's oh. it's literally it goes long hair Hitler. Why are you so cool? Long hair Hitler just got into art school. <laughs> so now he's in art school. I'll take you halfway there, okay? It's like long hair Hitler's gonna put up a fight. Long hair Hitler won't start the third right. So anyway, in the A B A B, we found out that he got into art school and he won't start the third right. And it was Ooh. just the idea that he was like a cool guy. Like he was still Hitler. He's got a little mustache. <laughs> but he had long hair. Cool, cool just by the metric that he has long hair and he's not starting the Third Reich. He, and he didn't commit genocide. Yeah, that's the important part. Like the hair, 49% important. Uh, the Third Reich part of it, the genocide part of it, 51. So I'm morally still okay. I, I think it's, you know, I say this a lot to you, but I think it's the most beautiful thing you've ever written. <laughs> I just, I mean, we never think about the small things that could have made a difference. Like, if Hitler had long hair, that was right. 35 minutes of me just ranting to my wife as she looked at me with the look that can only be described as, like, why did I marry this man? Uh, because I was sure. ranting about a long hair Hitler and about, like, how history could all have hinged. Can, can we can we get Dolores to confirm, like, her thoughts during during this song? I would love to hear them. Yeah, I mean, I can get her. I mean, I think she's working right now. But yeah, no, like. We, I mean, it's we, more important than her work, right? This is. <laughs> honey, I don't need to eat. I need you to confirm. <laughs> Leave your meeting. Shut it down. Yeah, long hair um, Hitler. I just thought was a was a was a, a stroke of genius that doesn't humanize Hitler. By the way, it's just the idea that like, man, he really took rejection the wrong way. Right. Like, well, I mean, the it's, wrongest it, way you can. It's going back to like the sliding doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, I think it is, uh, of it all, where it's like, oh, she misses her subway and then she leads a totally different life. Like right. if, if Hitler had long hair, maybe the Holocaust doesn't happen. But if the Holocaust doesn't happen, does that mean that another Holocaust happens later, a worse one? It, well, that brings up a whole other thing just in general, right? Which is like we got out of the Great Depression because of our involvement in World War II. If right. there isn't a World War II to get involved in, what's the economic recovery? Do we right. become the predominant kind of form of government in the world as we're launching the satellite nations, as we go to the space race? Are we even in a position to do that? We don't have German scientists. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, it's a real fucking rabbit hole of like, like, we like to think American exceptionalism is like, we had a plan and we stuck to it. It's like, right. no, we fucking like, by the seat of our pants, stumbling on a fucking train, you know what I'm saying? Like, just mm -hmm. trying to regain any kind of order. And somehow we lucked out this way. It's it's fascinating because I, I just watched um eleven twenty two sixty three with my mom um nice. and you know like honestly really solid fucking miniseries I think an underrated King adaptation really um, but there is that part where like he does you know save JFK that's the point is the guy travels back in time to stop the JFK assassination from happening and he goes back to the present time and everything is considerably worse it's just like a fucking nightmare because it set off a you know, unforeseen uh, cascade of events that led to um, a shit show. So it's interesting. It's interesting to think about like all of the precarious things that had to happen for us to be where we're at, you know, uh, to have yeah, our, I mean, our iPhones and our Z pads. Just to keep it to the space race. Like, I think that, that we don't get to the moon in 69 if he doesn't die. There was this idea that he died and they were like, we're going to honor this fucker. We're going to get to the moon. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like there was, I think there's some real speculation that they probably would not have made that at the, at the time they threw everything they had at it. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's kind of the point. It's like, it's an interesting like stage to set in terms of would there be another genocide you'd have to imagine because it's like, the other thing is we were sort of beefing with the Russians anyway. <laughs> 
and then World <laughs> War II happened, and like I guess Uncle Joe's cool. Uh, and, <laughs> and then it ended, and like immediately Uncle Joe drank way too much at the Thanksgiving table, you know, and then it became really shitty. So I don't know what would have happened. I mean, like the whole nuclear proliferation and, and, and the arms race, and, you know, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. So, so I guess that brings to mind the question, a question that we, you know, ask ourselves intermittently every 30 episodes or so. But if you were to travel back in time knowing this, what would you do? Where would you go? What would you change or not change? Would you be an observer? Would you start a bank account in your name? Like, what, what, what would you fucking do knowing about the butterfly effect with Ashton Kutcher, what that film warned you about? The weird thing about that, right, because even the Twilight Zone had that episode forever ago where they're like, kill this baby, it's Hitler. And then if you right. kill the baby, the baby they brought in to replace dead Hitler baby is now actually Hitler. Mm. Like, so I think that's the weird thing about it is you have to continually think, like, you can't see the ripple effect, so you have to understand what the odds are. And you're like, okay, like all things considered, it's horrific what happened to the Holocaust, but the state of the world for more, more or less, it's like, okay, because of that cataclysmic event, you know, the United Nations becomes a real thing. It becomes solidified. Like we, we put stock in that as a globe. Uh, and so is, is the state of the world horrible today as a result of that? Because you can't go back and say 70 years, but that doesn't happen. Like what the unintended consequences as much like that fucking uh, Stephen King book. So it's like, you just have to make a really calculated risk on like, yeah, things could be worse, but uh, will they be better in the short term? And we'll, we'll, you know, fuck, I have no idea, dude. Yeah, like, you're, you're going down a route. You're going yeah. down a rabbit hole here. I'm asking you, you have a time machine. You can go anywhere, do anything, anything. Okay. You don't have to change a major event. You can, you can go see what your grandma was like when she was 20. You can do anything. What would you do? No, I think I would go back to that uh, Kubrick monkey with the tool. Like, I want to see that shit play out in real time and without the music that made it so iconic. I feel like even just interacting in the same air as that monkey might cause, like, the human race to just not exist. <laughs> the monkey sees me and attacks me. It's like, shit, unintended consequences. Like, it, it, it catches, like, the common cold from you. It wipes out the entire monkey population. Oh, God, no. I was going to go the opposite direction, which is I become, like, the, the, the fucking Prometheus oh. of these people because they steal my iPhone. They bash my head in, sure. But they oh. still buy iPhone. They somehow figure it out. Their brain—that's the stoned ape theory. But it's like technology based instead. Uh, and then when my soul comes back to the present, because that's what happens when you die, right? You go back right. to the timeline you were. I'll come back and shit like we'll have flying cars. We'll be in Jetson times. Granted, it'll be ape ram, but. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, here, here's here's what I would probably do. Um, like my joke answer is to say that I would like go back to Christ times and heckle Christ on the cross, um, just because that'd be you know it'd be a fun goof. You, like, here's the thing: you would probably get a pretty like good standing O on that shit too, because it's not like that crowd was pro Jesus. It would change nothing. So you'd make They're some like, one-liner and they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right. There'd be like maybe one or two stealth Christ supporters, but the rest would be totally on my <laughs> side. They wouldn't even know what booing was, but they would know that I was against him. Uh, did they know what booing was? Doesn't matter. Hold on. Uh, what, what I, I would think about this is like, in my mind, you're back at Christ times and they right. use you to, to root out Jesus supporters. <laughs> They're like, look at anyone who's not fucking laughing. They like Jesus. This guy's hilarious. Right. It, it becomes like the new standard of like finding out the truth back in the day somehow. <laughs> 
I love is it. not booing you next <laughs> um no i would i would probably just go to like i would do something like stupid like i would go to like uh when the beatles did the rooftop concert and i would just make sure i was on one of the rooftops so i could see it there's a character in fringe who's called the observer who literally like it's funny and stupid but it's sort of endearing how they do it they like have pictures of like martin luther king and shit like that and, like just in the back they photoshopped this dude with a little suit and like the point is like and here's a painting of mary antoinette's beheading and they're like oh wait who's this guy with the fucking top back you know they put him <laughs> into the world Right. And it's dumb, but it's really cute. And I think about that all the time about like what what moments you would just go back and witness. Well, you said the you Beatles just Alfred thing. Hitchcock yourself into the background of every well, historical event. You said the Beatles thing, and I just I've seen that video so much, and it'd be so amazing to watch that one day. And I'm just like, the fuck, Max is there? Like, just freak right. the fuck out about it. Just just with my fucking like uh, Pixel Four, just filming it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I would want to go to some hipster point in history. You know what I mean? I want to go to the... Uh, like Greenwich <laughs> Village or something? Back when no, was I want to go I want to go to something that might not even exist. I want to go to like the fall of Troy. You're like, Troy wasn't real. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. You there. just said hipster event and you would go to the fall of Troy? That's hipster as fuck, dude. Think Explain. about it. Explain. Uh, sandals. Oh, God. I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. Bare feet. All right. Continue. Odysseus? I was expecting a much better answer than that, but okay. Sandals, That's your fault for feet. expecting anything. Expectations <laughs> are the root of fucking disappointment. Uh, you on yourself. Yeah, that's true. This is my fault. Continue, though. Uh, fall of Troy. Fall of Troy or... Uh, oh, no, Pompeii. That one's real. <laughs> Let's do Pompeii. That'd be pretty metal. I mean, you'd probably die. I don't get, like, a beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> like, a little... <laughs> No, you have to like find your way out of there, go to a fixed location in Nebraska. That would be like what rich people do when time, when time travel happens and they're just like, we can go anywhere. What do you want to do? It's like a safari, but like prehistoric safari and shit like that. Then like, you're going to get right. the people who are like, they need thrills or adrenaline junkies. And they're just like, I don't know, how many miles uh, outside of Pompeii do you want to be? It's like, <laughs> you have to time your descent. I told right. you when I went on my anniversary, that's the one thing is like one of the hills caught on fire. And all I was thinking about was like, time for civility has gone we're gonna hijack this fucking boat all right we're gonna sail away from the ash because that's what happens you know when, when survival's on the line you know i mean just imagine like one of those rich dentists that goes on a safari and like kills an endangered rhino or something like he gets in one of those time travel machines and he just has to like book it 900 miles across mesopotamia just to <laughs> just to see some shit go down i want to see it. that or, or big cats, still, still wearing I mean? his polo shirt you know <laughs> What's the largest desert in the world, Max? Sahara. Nope. Try again. Uh, it's des not. De the desert of the mind. Let me, let me <laughs> good. That was pretty good. <laughs> I can't argue with that on a house. Expansive, that fucker. 